Every day we pass by them. Some of us miss them because we're not really looking, not expecting anything out of the ordinary. And some of us have been waiting so long, praying for so long, that we've begun to lose hope. But then there are these moments when everything comes into focus, when beyond all explanation, the laws of nature and logic cease to matter because a greater power is at work. A loving God who sees us and hears us stands ready to reveal his kindness and strength through miracles. Well, once again, good morning, everybody. I want to welcome you to our live stream, the sleep-in service at 11.15. I mean, you guys got to live up to your reputation and sleep all the way in this morning. I'm so glad that you are here with us today. Uh, before we actually dive in, I want to, I just want to say thank you to all of those people who worked so hard to make this live stream an option for us. I mean, there were a lot of people who worked a lot of hours to make sure that the experience worked, and we've been praying uh, that the church of, this, uh, of the United States doesn't break the internet this morning. And so I'm glad and so thankful for everyone who worked so hard. These are challenging times, but I can attest, and I know you will too, that our God is greater. I want to be honest with you. I had some tough conversations with Jesus this past week. I mean, there were some moments I'm like, like, really, God? Really? Now? I mean, we're doing a miracle series. People need this. It's missions month. Our partners need this. And every time I pressed back against God, I really felt like he just simply said, Grant, trust me. I've got this. So as my late mentor, John Havlin, would say, onward and upward, the steep path to glory. Let me tell you a story. David and Gail Wright are a miracle. In May 1986, Gail gave birth to a baby boy by the name of Brian. And in the process of giving birth, uh, Gail actually suffered a bleeding complication that ended up with her being in the ICU at the University Hospital down in Seattle for nine weeks. Gail's lung condition was called acute respiratory distress syndrome, or ARDS for short. And that, that condition produced a severe infection that put her on a ventilator. Gail was actually under sedation for seven weeks. And at one point, she had seven tubes inserted into her chest to capture air that was escaping from her lungs. One of her doctor's names was Dr. Stephen Bledsoe. And he actually said this. He said, ARDS has a very high mortality rate. We were working very hard to keep her alive for a very long time. Death was a distinct possibility for five or six weeks Gail's condition got so bad, they actually wanted to move her to the university hospital in Stanford, but she was actually too weak to be transported. The whole situation looked impossible. But a group of people started to pray. They started to pray in Bellingham, and the prayer request rippled out across the country. People were praying for Gail, and God answered <laughs> Gail's family said the prayers of God's people caused Gail to show unexpected, dramatic signs of improvement. In Dave's words, her husband's word, he said the doctors were up against a wall and all of a sudden, she just got better. The doctors were as surprised and as delighted as the family was and, and they, meaning the doctors, they said it was a miracle. Several months ago, I asked our church family, I said, send me some, some miracle stories. Like, just send them to me. And, and I was surprised when a copy of the Bellingham Herald showed up in my box. And I noticed a box right up here at the top, one of the small banner headlines. It said, miracle, friends celebrate mother's recovery. And if you flip the paper open, right in the front of the local section, it says right here with a picture of Dave and Gail, family celebrates a miracle. 
I mean, the miracle itself is pretty unbelievable, but I also love these, these small factors. I love the fact that it happened right here in Whatcom County, not on the other side of the world. In fact, Dave and Gail come to Christ the King Community Church. They're usually here on Saturday nights, right in the back section, right towards the middle. I love the fact that that, that miracle was celebrated right here. I love the fact that a local newspaper actually picked up the story. I mean, that's a miracle, right? For the Herald to actually put a banner up, it's a miracle. Here's another little miracle that I thought's pretty cool. That little baby boy, Brian, actually grew up and he became a skydiving jump master and not too long ago, he took my wife skydiving just a little while ago. I mean, I love miracle stories. Last week, we began a journey into miracles. This journey is going to be full of, of big stories and big questions. Our dream as a church is to ask our big God for big answers to big prayers. Last week, we examined the first miracle that Jesus did in the Bible. We listened and were challenged as Jesus showed up at a wedding and he turned water into wine. Didn't just show up with a couple of extra bottles. No, he actually transformed water into 600 bottles of the finest vintage ever. And together from that story, we learned, we learned the first prerequisite to a miracle is an impossible situation. We learned that instantaneous miracles are often embedded in a longer process. We learned that faith has footsteps and that the first step towards any miracle is obedience. We learned from the Bible last week and then we asked people to come forward and receive prayer. I wish we could do that this week. I'll talk about how we're gonna do that a little bit later on. But we invited people to come forward to connect with another believer, a brother or sister in Christ who would believe in faith for their miracle and people prayed together. I heard stories from people who had received their miracle and I heard stories from people who were still waiting. I heard from people who were losing hope and then hopefully before they left, they were choosing hope. I got to pray with so many people and I actually got prayed over. A young lady named Olga, I would expect her to be about 12 or 13, came and prayed over me and I was so touched by the gift of that prayer. I'm so grateful to be a part of God moving. And as we move into this series, we're not going to duck the hard questions. We're going to ask, why doesn't God just say yes to everyone? Why do some people have to, have to wait? Why does God sometimes say no or reserve healing for heaven? I mean, we're going to ask the hard question, why them and not me? We're going to keep pressing in. And today we're going to look at a psalm that has become so precious to Laurel and I as we continue to ask God for the miracle of the restoration of her eyesight. So let's read it just one chunk at a time. Psalm 103, the Bible says, praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. I would call that the joy of proximity. And we need to hear this today. No matter what's happening on the outside, on the surface, on the newsreel, in the culture, on the timeline, no matter what is happening inside of me or on the exterior of me, in the deepest part of my being, I can still choose to worship and praise God. I can raise a hallelujah in the face of an enemy. I can raise a hallelujah in the face of a sickness. I mean, during the worship series, we learned that worship is a weapon and that you can use that weapon. We need to use that weapon in the face of pain, in the face of problems. It means in the bottom of my gut, even when it still hurts, I can praise his holy name. David continues. And just in case you're wondering if David was somehow insulated from pain and problems, I want you to know at some point David had to have asked for a miracle too. 
David lost a child to death. David lost his own way and got way out in the weeds when it came to sin. David needed God's miraculous intervention on more than one occasion. He's not speaking from a place of bemoaning. He's speaking from a place of knowing. And he continues, verse number two, praise the Lord my soul and forget not all of his benefits. I would call this the gift of blessing. You know, some people would call this these, these small miracles, and that's okay. It's totally okay. But I want to remind you of our definition of miracle from last week. A miracle is an extraordinary event in which a divine intervention occurs into human affairs. It's a moment when heaven and earth collide. It's a moment when God touches the heart of humanity for his glory and for the belief of people. It's a small drop of heaven that falls and hits earth, and it's unmistakable because of the divine fingerprints of God that are all over it. It's supernatural in scope and scale, but none of that negates these beautiful little blessings that are all over the place. You just have to look for them. Let me remind you of something. If you're not sick today, it's a blessing. If you have a place to gather and connect, it's a blessing. If you're watching the live stream, your computer is a blessing. Your Wi-Fi is a blessing. I mean, if you're upright and taking nourishment, it's a blessing. Just think about the blessings from just last week that maybe you completely overlooked. The sound of rain. The laughter of a baby. Shoes. A meal with some close friends. A roof over your head. A nice cup of hot coffee made exactly the way you like it. An armrest, a listening ear. How about a second chance? A puppy, a friend, a handwritten note, or a well-worn Bible. They are all blessings from God. And let me tell you about the God of those simple little blessings. Look what he can do. Verse number three, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. I want to stop here for just a moment. The removal of sin from your record, when God expunges everything that you've done wrong from your record, that can only be described as a miracle from God. The healing of disease can come through multiple different ways. It can come through the miraculous, which we pray for. It can also come through medical experts. But I want to remind you of something. Those medical experts got their brain and their expertise from somebody. They got it from God, okay? All healing originates with God. And this is where it gets really, really hard. Because in Psalm 103, David is not guaranteeing a miraculous miracle for everyone. That's hard. He's saying God has the capacity to heal. Always. That's why you should keep asking. God is always Jehovah Rophe, the God who heals. God can heal. I believe that from the bottom of my gut. Does he always choose that? No. And that's hard. It's hard for me. And I'm sure it's hard for you. You know, I get this question a lot. Grant, why does God heal some but not everybody? Why did God do a miracle for that person, but not a miracle for the person that I loved? And my pastoral answer, the deepest theological answer I can give you is I don't know. But here's what I do know. I know that he is God and I am not. 
I know that he is a God of compassion, love, and mercy. And I am not responsible to be God. I am responsible to ask, seek, knock, claim, and hope. That's my part of this work. Like I said a couple of weeks ago, People often ask, Grant, why are you so persistent? Why do your family, why do they keep knocking on the door asking for Laurel's healing? Why are you so persistent in that pursuit? And my answer is this, I don't have another door to knock on. That's the only hope that we have. And so we continue to press in and to be persistent in asking, seeking, knocking, hoping, and claiming. When I come to Jesus, asking in faith for my miracle. I am reminded of just how powerful he is. And I don't know about you, but I need that hope. The Bible continues in verse number four, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Let me tell you a true story. Dwayne Miller was a pastor in Texas. He was a a loving shepherd and he was a great Bible teacher. 1993, Pastor Duane got the flu and the virus got into his system and attacked his vocal cords. In a matter of days, Duane's voice was reduced from a normal talking voice to this gravelly whisper, which was barely audible. The virus came and attacked him. And I'll tell you what, as a pastor, I can, I can tell you this from experience. A pastor that can't talk is facing a really, really tough road. Over the next three years, Duane saw 63 specialists, over 200 doctors. Not a single one of them could help him. He described this pressure on his throat that never went away and it reduced his voice to this gravelly, tiny whisper. Eventually, Duane had to step down from being a pastor because he just couldn't do his job anymore. He moved and got another job working as a researcher for the government. Eventually, he had to give up that job because he couldn't present his findings in a way that people could hear him. He and his family relocated to Houston where they started attending another church and and a Sunday school class from that church asked Duane to come and to actually teach from Psalm 103, the passage that we just read. At first he said like, no, I can't, I can't, I can barely talk, but they kept pressing him. They, they relentlessly pursued him. They said, we'll set you up with some kind of a special microphone. And finally he just said, okay, so now I want to remind you, three years of praying, three years of waiting, 63 specialists, 200 doctors and a voice that won't work. I also want to remind you, the first prerequisite to a miracle is an impossible situation. The Sunday school class actually recorded Duane's message that morning. And the recording of what happened to Duane has been listened to by millions of people in need of hope. Let's listen into that moment together. Let's watch this. So when the psalmist writes, and he heals all of my diseases, Let me say to you that I believe God still heals. That hasn't ended. That is not over. Now, you have to be careful on how you do this because there are folks who carry things to an excess and it becomes a show. And God has never intended that that be what it is. God heals in his sovereign will. I don't know why God does things that he does, but I know that he does. 
And the only thing he requires of me is to allow him to be God and me to be me and let it be. To say that every single person will always be healed because Jesus died on the cross is a misinterpretation of scripture. Not true. Won't work. Isaiah 53 doesn't talk about physical healing. I'm sorry. That's just not the context. And to impress that there causes a misinterpretation of scripture. That's wrong. On the other hand, to say that, since we don't have anything after the book of Acts, that miracles ended at the book of Acts and they never happen again is equally as wrong. Because you have put God in a box both ways. And he doesn't want to be in the box. So, the psalmist says, I'm excited. Bless the Lord, O my soul. One of his benefits is he heals all of my diseases. And then in verse 4 he says, and he redeems my life from the pit. Now, I like that verse just a whole lot. I have had, and you have had in times past, pit experiences. We've both had, we've all had times when our life seemed to be in a pit, in a grave. And we didn't have an answer for the pit we find ourselves in. And I don't understand this right now. I'm but overwhelmed at the moment. I'm not quite sure what to say or do. <laughs> I'm uh, Sounds funny to say at a loss for words. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. I <laughs> He redeems my life from the pit. <laughs> And crowns me with love and compassion. He satisfies my desires with good things. So that my youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. The Lord is compassionate and gracious. The Lord is slow to anger. The Lord is abounding in love. The Lord will not accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve. That's mercy. Or repay us according to our iniquities. That's mercy. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. Hmm. 
You can call that whatever you want to. I would call that the miracle of deliverance. Dwayne said when, when he said the word pit, the pressure that had been there for three years just released. And along with it, three years of unanswered prayers were released and tough decisions and medical appointments and relocating and hard questions and questioning his calling. And then in a moment, God said, be healed. Some of you are just at the beginning of that journey. Some of you have been in it for a really, really, really long time. No matter where you are on that journey towards the deepest desire of your heart, don't give up. Keep asking, seeking, and knocking. David continues, verse number five, who satisfies your desire with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I've said this before. Jesus can't be all you need until he's all you have. When you desire more of Jesus, he's more than enough all of the time. I would call that the gift of provision. Some of you don't think God has provided for you. Let me ask the question. If you think today, I don't have anything, here's my question. In comparison to whom? Have you eaten anything today? Do you have a roof over your head? Are you watching on a computer? That alone means you are amongst the 96th percentile of the richest people in the world. Talk about good things. Wow. We're so blessed. Let's keep going. Verse number six, the Lord works righteousness and justice for all of the oppressed. I would call this the power of justice. David is talking about social oppression, cultural oppression, spiritual oppression. And this is what we need to know. God takes up the case of those who are downtrodden and marginalized. God breaks the chains of oppression and he champions the cause of those who are in need of justice. I wonder whether or not David's Hebrew mind was thinking back to his ancestors in this point when they were enslaved in Egypt. And then God did the miracle of leading them out into freedom. And they spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness. Honestly, they spent 40 years whining and complaining. I mean, that, that logic would follow because look at what David says next. He made known his ways to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord's compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. That is a miracle right there because of this one truth. I am very familiar with my own sinful shortcomings. And to think that to the worst of me, God responds with compassion and grace and kindness and love. That is truly miraculous. Keep reading. Verse number nine, he will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. Make no mistake, Pastor Duane got it right. That's the miracle of mercy. And this is how I picture mercy. I bring to Jesus the worst of me, a comprehensive list of every sin that I have ever, ever committed. And, and I, they are itemized and they are cataloged and that is a lot of paper. And I bring it to Jesus and he takes it and hands it to his father who is a righteous judge in heaven. And I give to God the father every reason to judge me, condemn me and reject me. And he takes that pile, the worst of me, and he writes a single name on top of it, Jesus. And he invites me closer and he invites me to live differently and he invites me to live free 
because I've been given mercy, the miracle of mercy. Listen, verse 11, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. David says it in a different way. There it is again. It's the miracle of forgiveness. I don't deserve it, but it's true. Jesus expunged my record. He wiped my record clean. Even though my sins were like scarlet, even though your skins, sins were like scarlet, he washed us as white as snow. It's a miraculous intervention of heaven into my life and my heart, and it's got the fingerprints of God all over it. And if he can do that, why wouldn't I ask him to heal my body and heal my relationships and heal my memory, and heal my heart, and heal my hope. And today, wherever you're watching this, I hope, my prayer for you, is that you will experience the miracle of salvation. The Bible says if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just, we'll forgive our sin, which means we bring Jesus the worst of us and we receive mercy and forgiveness in exchange. I hope and pray, if you've never prayed that mirror for that miracle of salvation before, that you will do it right now. We're gonna pray in just a moment, but my prayer is that you will take God at his word and say, God, forgive me. Heal my soul. I also want to pray for those of you who may have given up on a miracle. Sometimes I just know it gets, it gets tiring and hard to ask, but God still says, ask, seek, knock. My prayer is this. If you gave up on praying for a miracle a long time ago, that you'll start again today asking. And that you will become persistent in your prayer, knowing that there's a God who loves you, who's listening so whatever it is that you need to talk to God about right now, I'm gonna give you some time to actually do that. In the quietness of your own home, in the quietness of this room, in the quietness of that coffee shop or restaurant, wherever you happen to be watching right now, my prayer is that you will take a moment and confess what you need to confess. And then to worship a God who says, if you ask me, I will always respond always. So would you join me in prayer right now, just in the quietness of this moment? Let's come to God with whatever it is that we need, the deepest desire of our heart, and let's lay it before him, knowing that he sees and hears every need that we have. Let's pray. Father God, for those who need the healing miracle of salvation, I thank you that your response to the worst of us is mercy, forgiveness. I pray that that would flow right now. God, for those who need a miraculous healing in their physical body, I pray that the Holy Spirit of God would place his hand on the top of their head 
and whisper those beautiful words, be healed. God, I pray for those who are wrapped in fear right now because of everything that's happening in the world. I pray that they would feel the presence of a holy God and I pray that you would say, peace be still. God, we trust you because you are God. And we ask that the miracles that we pray for would be heard today in heaven. And we thank you for the assurance that they are heard. So Lord, we love you. Would you use this moment where we have to embrace our frailty and use it as a moment to build strength. God, may faith rise all across this country and this world. Draw us to yourself. And God, allow us to be willing to run to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for watching. We're so glad that you joined us today. Once again, we hope you'll get involved in biblical face-to-face -face community wherever you happen to be today. If you'd like more information about Christ the King Community Church, if you'd like to give online, or if you'd like to submit a prayer request, or even get connected in a small group, you can find out more about us at ctk.church.